Hey Beaver fam, it's McKenna Martinez, forward for the Oregon State women's soccer team. You're listening to the Belligerent Beavs podcast. Chop them. For gosh sakes, it's Sunday, February 26th, just after 7 p.m. local time. And it's time for the 85th episode of the Belligerent Beast Podcast. My name is Terry Horseman, joining you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where there is nine feet of snow on the ground, which is just a little bit more snow than Portland got, because Portland is under a wintry blanket of snow slash cocaine on the same weekend when Cocaine Bear came out. And joining me right after seeing cocaine bear itself as always is jp bertram in northeast portland and benjamin lawrence sebastian we age in tacoma washington welcome to the belligerent beast It's the Ocho Cinco episode, so... It's uh, the Ocho Cinco episode! Who do you think we got as a guest on the pod? Ocho... Kevin Abel! No, no. Kevin Abel! (laughs) Kevin Abel, the Ocho Cinco of Oregon State pitchers, as he is referred to by all. Yeah. I'm I'm looking at Baseball Reference right now, and uh, yeah, right there in the the nickname section. is is nickname for him. Ocho Cinco of Oregon State pitchers. Wow. wow. We should have been the it should be. Or 8-5. Yeah. I, some say we should have gotten Ocho Cinco for this episode, but also Ocho Cinco didn't wear Ocho Cinco for Oregon State University. So we couldn't have. Ooh, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have met up. We are a numer we're a bad at math podcast, but also a numerology podcast and a symbology podcast and a symbolism podcast and symbolism and symbology are different things if you want to know the differences in those things then sign up for my fall semester class i'm teaching that shit no. you can learn you can learn but not for free god damn it <laughs> well we know jp's not going to jp's never going back to school i'll never <laughs> jp spent so much time in school he never has to go back to school again <laughs> jp a few weeks ago jp just got a phd in the mail from oregon state and didn't know why <laughs> but <laughs> I, I would go back dude we, we're gonna get into the oregon state uh meat of this episode really quick we're trying to bullshit a little bit less are we no not not really, but um, <laughs> funky Paul, funky Paul Molina. Last time I was in Portland, had the great idea um, in our fantasy football league that the the last place punishment should be whoever comes in last has to audit my semester long creative writing class and and receive a passing grade to fulfill the last place punishment. <laughs> <laughs> but what and if you honestly, fail? Then you have to do it again. But that's not how it works in school. You just say, yeah. "Well, damn, I failed that one." Then you fail. Then I guess you fail. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, then I think it's just we have to do our best to shame whoever failed the creative writing class. As I've mentioned, <laughs> I, if, if this is your first episode before, I've talked about my grading curriculum often on the show, and it's I, I'm not a hard teacher to get a passing grade from at all if you fail my creative writing class it's because you suck didn't oregon state have an option this may have been in some classes it also may have been in my dreams uh but (laughs) where you could choose instead of like a b c d f you could just choose pass or fail oh you can do that every you can do that at every school it was called it was called su at oregon state it's pf most places but like yeah oregon state was satisfactory or or we're not a most places podcast now everyone's 
Everyone's confused. Everyone's Ooh. confused. <laughs> God damn it. This is a Parisian podcast. This is a podcast. Of the Northwest. Oh. For every... Wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. <laughs> All right. Uh, for those of you who had Benny successfully uses the term Parisian in a sentence. Uh, drink. <laughs> no, we didn't. No, I did. Yeah. That was not my oh. bingo card. Benny oh. uses Parisian correctly in a sentence. Good job, Benny. That was wow. great. And you use Parisian, because if this is your first episode listening to the Belligerent Beast podcast, it's because Corvallis, Oregon, is the Paris of the Pacific Northwest and mm -hmm. home to Oregon State University, the Harvard of the Pac-12. And this celebration, this podcast, <laughs> this celebration is a podcast. This podcast is a celebration of those truths and everything that goes with them. <laughs> um, it is Sunday, February 26th, we're recording this. It seems like all of our northern cities got blasted with lovely winter weather uh, in, in the last week. Uh, we apologize for taking a week off last week, but uh, there was an electrical storm outside of Benny's house. And just and, a windstorm. And, and it was just the windstorm that caused an electrical it was, problem. It was an electrical windstorm. <laughs> and uh, and JP was like, I have to go to Mexico at three in the morning. Feel bad for me. <laughs> um, you but, guys don't understand, though. I, I thought I read online that I was supposed to be my flight was at 5 a.m. at PDX. And I read online. There's like, oh, international flight arrived two hours before your flight. Yeah. So I'm like conventional wisdom is to arrive three hours before. Okay, but, but it was also five a.m. A five a.m. fight. But PDX also doesn't have clear. So well, I don't which have is clear. A, me neither. Yeah, I don't have pre TSA or any of Yeah, peasants. I know. So <laughs> I show up thinking, okay, I should probably be there a little bit before three, so I could drop my bag off in time. So I was checking a bag, and I get there, and I was there before the counter was even open. The agents weren't even there, so I had to stand there waiting for the agents to take my bag and then i'm like all right well now i'll breeze through and get to the like i don't know get breakfast or something inside nothing's oh, open nothing, but nothing all... nothing's open but tsa wasn't even open i had to wait in line again for tsa to wake up and show up at pdx so what oh, what, what time did tsa open uh it was about like 3 30. dude they must have been Okay. So slow because they're slow when they're caffeinated up and like ready to go for work. I didn't know that TSA ever closed for time. Yeah, periods. you can't get to the gates at a certain point unless you're already in there. I mean, there are I get, there are flights at midnight, but I don't then, think they take off. Are there they don't take off at midnight? midnight? They're, no, they're, not, they're on like, the west, they're, not on the west coast. Maybe not the west coast. Yeah, uh, true. There, there's no, there, it's not more than three hours though, where there's zero flights taking off. Well, right? I've landed at midnight like in PDX and, and mm -hmm. the TSA area was closed. Mm. So there is probably, okay. a, it's probably a three hour, maybe three or four, 1230 yeah. to 330 ish time frame, right? So now if anyone's listening, it has an early international flight. Also, this confuses me because I had a layover in Houston. So was my flight really international or was my Houston flight international? Ooh. It's it's your origin it's your origin to your destination. So both flights are international. Well, they didn't ask for my passport on the first flight. Right. Wait, they didn't ask for your passport at PDX? No, so I could have flown to Houston without a passport. Yo, I I don't know I don't know all of the rules and regulations of travel, but they absolutely should have asked you for your passport. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at at the airport of origin when your destination is an international destination, they 
should and have to ask for your passport. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know it's 3 30 in the morning. We're not gonna write up the port of Portland or or the the good people who hold down PDX, especially that Burgerville. Shouts to that Burgerville. Every time I go to PDX, it's like the thing that was being redone the last time I was there is still being redone, but there's a new part being redone. Yeah. That they also that they also and have. It looks the same. <laughs> I love that there's a whole section, though, blocked off. It is, like, clearly a temporary wall. And you're like, I don't remember yeah. what's over there because I feel like what's well, over there, I'm in right now looking at it. So how there was, how was there something over there? Yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird that if because if you fly Delta and you're on Concourse D, you have to go the uh, the wrong way for a bit and then loop around and yeah. walk a lot. Yeah. Um, but we're here tonight not to talk about PDX, to talk about the opposite, which is or. <laughs> Oregon State sports, um, <laughs> and perhaps uh, at the the offset here, the the opening of the episode, I'll, I'll I'll remind you, we haven't had an episode when we've gotten to brag about the Maddie Dagan merch line. Yeah, Mad that Dog merch. True. Oregon State gymnastics star Maddie Dagan when in doubt, dance it out. She's gone viral. She's a star. I'm still not on TikTok, but I saw that. That's how crazy it is. <laughs> That's how widely known it is. Michelle Obama liked it on TikTok. <laughs> I can't verify that, but neither can you. <laughs> anyway, so Maddie Dagan's long-awaited, much-anticipated, highly decorated, sensationalized merch line. It's my favorite project we've done. I had nothing to do with it. I can't take any credit whatsoever, uh, but JP did masterful work with this and uh so did uh sean Degan, matt mad dog's dad yeah but yeah he shout out miss pop papa Degan, are my, my favorite fan by far not to diminish other fans but the the enthusiasm i've seen from screenshot shared by jp of of mr Degan uh makes makes him my favorite uh, athlete dad in in the history of sports dads <laughs> we, we need to make a sports dad shirt now uh belligerent beeves themed sports dad shirt uh that only mr dagan has access to because... <laughs> number one number one sports dad number one sports dad holy shit um but yeah we've we've got the win in doubt dance it out shirts we've got the the mad dog line of course the the mad dog maddie dagan signature dog leash uh, I accompanied a friend of mine to like one of those like swanky cool dog parks that has like a bar and serves beer and shit in in Minneapolis. And I was I was just looking around. I was like, no one here has a Maddie Dagan dog leash. What are these posers doing? <laughs> and I don't have a dog, so it's weird that I'm here in the first place, kind of. <laughs> but if I did have a dog, I would have a Maddie Dagan dog leash on my dog. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't just at a bar that allowed dogs? It, it was very, <laughs> it's it was very much a dog park that had a bar, but oh man, that sounds cool. That yeah, that definition can get blurry depending on how many beers <laughs> slash dogs you have. <laughs> I understand you're when you have two beers in your house, Benny. I understand the number of beers and dogs you have kind of makes it seem like you're a, a dog park that la is also a bar or a bar that allows dogs. <laughs> yeah, my house is always a dog park. You guys, uh, I do want to make a note about the merch because it, it is flying off the shelves. This this has been our best month ever. Yeah, yep. It's our fastest selling merch that uh, we've ever, ever dropped. And uh, a lot of it's a testament to 
um, working with Maddie on all the creative side. She was super responsive the whole time about trying to get the store up. I mean, she she pushed for it from the get-go. And so uh, I, I do want to reiterate that every all profits from every sale, every single sale, there's no overhead cost that comes to the Blizzard and Bees. Every single penny goes right back to Maddie through NIL. So give her your support. There is one more home meet in the regular season coming up on March 11th. That's about two weeks away from yesterday. And if you're trying to get merch in time for that, you got to order now. You got to do it now. I guarantee. Just as a a little pro tip, anything that's embroidered will take a, a little longer to arrive than something that is printed to the garment. So if you see there's embroidered in the... Uh, bio of or the the description of the product and you want it in time get it uh but get another another shirt as well to make sure it does arrive in time and then get a koozie while you're there and a sticker and then go to a local business and put the sticker on the wall and and do a really good job so that they can't peel it off um (laughs) yeah shouts to maddie who is the shit and was awesome to to work with on this and that is at maddie.dagon on instagram follow her or turn this episode off (laughs) (laughs) don't turn the episode off just go follow maddie yeah at maddie.dagon on instagram i believe it's the same elsewhere but instagram's the name because that's where the reels are her save is still amazing. Um, when in doubt, dance it out. Uh, just the 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 coolest of the cool. Maddie Dagan, Mad Dog. You don't have to drink Mad Dog to enjoy the merch, but you can if you want to. That's your right. Yep. And we'll talk. We'll talk more about Mad Dog. We got more. We got more. We got more gym to get through. Um, we've got to get to the. Uh, oh, we. I first. We've got to shout out our friends before we were gonna get to the Reagan beer segment in a second here. Um, but we have to shout out our friends at seamheaded.com who are sponsoring the show for another baseball season. If you are a longtime listener of the show, then you know about Seamheaded for sure. Uh, if you're new, Seamheaded are uh, basically our official partners in our baseball apparel. We have our own shit on belligerentbeefs.com slash merch, but please check out seamheaded.com as well. Uh, it is, you know, heritage, retro, awesome uh, apparel created for baseball enthusiasts and they have a belligerent beeves lion as well there's a belligerent beeves jersey there is a corvallis map uh home plate logo tee which is so sick if you haven't seen it it's like if corvallis corvallis is just a giant home plate come on it's art it's art uh the first the first t-shirt that was printed of that uh lion was framed and hung up in the louvre look it up don't look it's it up. Parisian. Just go to the Louvre and find it because it's the Paris <laughs> of the Pacific Northwest for a reason. Uh, they have kids uh, belligerent beef stuff as well. And when you le- use um, the promo code CHOPEM at checkout, you get 31% off for the noisest discount in the game. Uh, that's noisest discount in the game. CHOPEM at checkout for 31% off will let you do that math on your own but check out seamheaded.com for sure follow them on instagram shout out to the homie pat ryan uh and baseball fans everywhere uh for that incredible uh clothing line and very excited to be partnered with seamheaded again for another baseball season no matter no matter how many snowflakes are in the air right now baseball's in the air too and it's coming it's happening there will be baseball played this year. The sun will come out at some point. 
no matter where you are above the Mason Dixon line, it will be spring again. And that means baseball. <laughs> um, also, um, perhaps you watch some XFL action. Uh, um, there's a couple beefs, uh, a few beefs in the XFL, including uh, our best friend. Uh, he's he's not your Tavis, and he's not uh, my Tavis. He's our Tavis. <laughs> Artavis Pierce is on the DC Defenders of the XFL. <laughs> um, so tune into XFL football. And uh, I know the DC Defenders had a, uh, a a tough rushing day in their first week. I didn't watch much. I I can't wrap my head around uh, amateur football right now. But I am a big supporter of Artavis Pierce. Um, and I know the DC Defenders, one, did not give Artavis the ball and also averaged like two yards per carry. So I think a good plan going forward for the defenders would be a uh, uh give art pierce the goddamn ball <laughs> not a bad and, one and also my favorite central catholic's own benny blake hey. brand blake Brandall, yeah million dollar contract to come back to the minnesota vikings desperately needed help on that o-line uh blake had a uh, a big big year for the vikes this season uh filling in for the injured christian derisaw he plays every goddamn position uh, big, big fan of Blake, who played 48 games uh, in his career on the Oregon State offensive line. So I'm really happy to keep him in the Twin Cities in purple. Uh, crucial, crucial part of uh, of the offensive line here. And yeah, and congrats on that, Millie. Blake, well, what would you guys yeah. do if you, you signed a one-year million-dollar contract right now? What would be the first thing you buy besides Arby's? We would go to all three of us would go to Arby's first. What would be the second thing you'd do? Mm. How many of these uh, limited edition Tears of a Clown bobbleheads can I buy? Oh, <laughs> oh. all of them. All of, you could buy. You could buy all of them. That would actually be a pretty good investment. Yeah. I also have a uh, a place where you can buy a, a Kill a Whale T-shirt. Dude, Benny. I saw the dopest under Nicotina shirt what? in Minneapolis uh, barista I'm at my neighborhood coffee shop. It was just a picture of uh, Andre profile yep. and it said baking soda in Minnesota. <laughs> nice. And I said, I love your t-shirt. And she <laughs> said, this is my boyfriend's. I don't know what it means. And I was like, <laughs> tell your boyfriend he has the best taste in t-shirts and she's like okay i will and i was like tell him <laughs> what if she's like he's just a he's just like a baker and he bakes cookies in minnesota yeah he has ba- yeah he uses a lot of baking soda, baking soda. Look, yeah this is fun it's that doesn't diminish the shirt at all what if her boyfriend is Andre Nicotina and he just lives in Minnesota randomly? Like C- Cisco lives in the Twin Cities suburbs now. Yeah. Just really? Yeah. 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 What if he still has silver hair? He does still he silver is. hair. No, maybe he doesn't. Does he? I don't know. You guys, you got to order quick. There's the first 250 year autographed. Oh, what? shit. Oh, my God. Quick, quick. Don't use any but PayPal, he said. Of course, don't use anything but PayPal. That's not sketchy at all. Also, I think this is funny because his when I did I did submit my order through PayPal with a and you, and you know what the uh, company name was? Uh, baking soda in Minnesota. No. Ao for Yayo. Seventy five um, girls life. LLC. <laughs> 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 oh man the fact that that's so great someone like took the time to register that <laughs> on behalf of <laughs> our, 
If you're new to this show, Andre Nicotina is a rapper we love. Um, he's our intern from the social Bay media intern. He's and our and our social media intern. Um, so look up Andre Nicotina if you haven't yet. Often I will ask JP to play five seconds of select songs. But what is that song from? I know it's not called Follow My la, Rap la, World. La, la. Oh yeah, My, my Rap World. Right. Yeah. La 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 la. You don't need to play five seconds of it. No, I think JP just did play five. Did you think Andre Nicotina just? He doesn't normally join the show, but I feel like he did just there. Anyway, let's get to the Reagan beers segment. I'm gonna go first because I'm just ultra ready this time around because we had to can't we push back our episode last week. Uh, my beer is from Three Floyds, which is in Munster, Indiana. Mm. Eddie Munster. Wow. Not related. Oh. Um, it is an American wheat ale called Gumball Head. And look at that cool can with a cat that's the face of a gumball. And I like that nickname. I feel like we should try to give yeah. that nickname to somebody. This is uh, my brother-in-law's favorite beer. Oh! He always talks about it. He always is, talks about Three Floyds it, and Gumball Head. Yeah, well, the hops are from the Yakima Valley, just uh, north uh, in, in Washington, yeah. central Washington. They probably arrived yeah. there so fresh. They, oh, man. They probably just on a train do. for 48 hours. Dude. <laughs> Transportation's amazing. I had some incredible sushi in Minneapolis earlier this week, and you know what? It was fantastic. Oh, oh my sushi in Mexico was not Boy. fantastic. <laughs> you were in Playa del Carmen. That's like the Cleveland of Mexico. No yeah. offense to anyone in Cleveland. <laughs> You're not getting authentic anything in Playa del Carmen. Yeah. No offense to anyone in Mexico. <laughs> no offense to anyone in Playa del Carmen. <laughs> That was a town built to rip off stupid white people in yeah. every facet possible. Well, I didn't pay anything. But beautiful work. views. Yeah, but mm-hmm. so- someone got ripped off. <laughs> Our investors. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, uh, so, yeah, Gumball Head. And uh, I'm on my second of the show, and it's delicious. Nice. And, uh, would blow a bubble, but I'd spit beer all over my computer if I tried Ooh. that. So I'm not going to do it. Mm, yeah. Um, Benny's probably just doing another gummy. So, JP, let's uh, go to you for, for the Reagan Beer segment. So I'm back to my Starburst, home sweet home. Oh, and this isn't, this isn't that a means cop you out. ran out of beer. And no, just... no, this isn't a cop out because I spent four days drinking like dos cientos, dos equis, and dos, dos equis slaps. It does slap pretty yeah, hard. But, but yeah. when you've had 200 of them in Stay four first. days, you did not what? have 200 in four days. You had 400 in two days. <laughs> Tell the tell the tell the truth. I was very worried about the water, and I was just trying to make amends by drinking something that had ninety percent water in it. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm home with That's my the sweet sweet flavor of Portland, and now Starburst I'm IPA. really mm. hydrated, and I feel amazing. It's wild. <laughs> Drink water, people. <laughs> Or Dos Equis. It's the yeah. same thing. Drink water in beer cans. Or or beer. drink lime water like Dos Equis. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. A lime in a Dos Equis. Very good. Very yeah. refreshing, uh, yeah. which is probably not what you have, Benny. But as I mentioned already, but maybe not. He may have a lime. Recording. Oh. He's wearing the coolest A Tribe Called Quest basketball shirt that exists on the internet. So that's. Shout out Etsy. Etsy has some really cool t shirts. It's not just <laughs> knitting things. 
<laughs> yeah. That's like saying, shout out the internet. There's entertaining stuff. Amazon. There's, there's, enter- really there's stuff. entertaining stuff on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I did take an edible, but I took it a, a long time ago, so I don't feel the effects anymore. I, I took the edible while I was painting my bathroom, and um, midway through, my girlfriend came in, and she's just like, holy shit, you need to open up a window. The fumes were so bad in there. <laughs> so I think I have a, a little residual uh, light sage um paint fumes there we go uh our vices of the night are officially gumball head <laughs> from three floyds uh starburst from what where is starburst from again jp please remind me ecliptic brewing Eclip- ecliptic brewing and paint from <laughs> paint and if one of the three of us just drops dead during the show, you know which one of us it's Well, going. I could have told you that because I always assume that Benny is you missing do. or you dead. Do. Whenever Benny doesn't respond to six texts in a row, no matter in how quick succession they were sent, I'll get a I'll get a separate text from JPB and like, dude, where I'm worried about Benny. Where is Benny? Is he okay? <laughs> Just painting away. Text an Amber Alert request to the Tacoma Police Department. <laughs> I, we're, we're looking for a dude, uh, a lanky guy, probably six foot three and probably wearing a Dominique Wilkins jersey, <laughs> who is for sure high. <laughs> He's got a great quaff. No, no, not Macklemore. No. Great, better quaff than Macklemore. And if there's an Arby's nearby, he's walking towards it, not away from it. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Shout out Arby's. All of those things. Shout out Curly Fries. <laughs> Very oh, true. Yeah. Shout out Dominique Wilkins, too. <laughs> I buy I buy Arby's Curly Fries. They sell them at Safeway now. <laughs> you can buy them at Safeway. And if you heat them up just right, they're exactly the same. They're only there for you. It, this is like a Truman Show thing where they knew he wanted Arby's but only wanted <laughs> Curly Fries. <laughs> Like where can we the where Ar- can we reach Benny to get him the curly fries? Like just put the it Arby's- put the package in to Safeway. What doesn't make any sense? I don't care. The Arby's delivery guy just waving at me as I leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, they do a good job with that. Then they know me well. You are living in the Truman Show, by the way. Oh man, I would believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it does feel like I'm living in a matrix. Yeah. Maybe well, it's we all, all the are, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was just my bathroom. Okay. Okay. Speaking Let of this... paint, paint on the Speaking hardwood. Speaking of paint. You want to paint past this one? Oh. Is that a phrase? Painting past the pa- No. We no. need to shout out women's basketball for beating Arizona on senior day. That was, yeah. And the freshman crushed it. The freshman crushed Adley, it. Reagan. Adley so good. And Reagan. Um, it hasn't been the women's basketball season we wanted by any stretch of the imagination, but it was dope uh, to see them get this win on uh, on senior day against a really damn good Arizona team that did have a lot to play for um, on senior day as well. Yelena Mitrovic pulling down 15 boards, uh, doing Yelena Mitrovic things. Um, was uh, was fantastic to see. Uh, ben Du was all over the floor again as well. Almost had a double double with rebounds and assists, <laughs> which is not easy to do. <laughs> um, so shout, shouts to Ben Du. Uh, obviously, shouts uh, to uh, Noel Manon as well, and also shouts to um, 
uh, Talia von Olhoffen, yeah, who did announce on uh, on social media that uh, she uh, has been dealing with an injury most of the season and and is then is thus shutting it down for for this season, but will be back next year, which is great to see. And while we, we don't know the extent of the injury or the uh, specifics of it, that does help contextualize the season uh, for for frustrated fans <laughs> uh, a bit. And um, I think, you know, the, there's plenty of uh, signs of light from, from this group <laughs> on, on Saturday. So shouts to Oregon State Women's Basketball for taking care of the Wildcats the way that they did. And before yeah. that, you know, it was it had been ugly. The losing streak reached nine, which is the longest losing streak in 10 years for Ruick. <laughs> yeah, not not great. Not not ideal, but... Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think the the turnaround is is that big of, no. of a product. I think it's it's poised to happen. I'm bullish next on this year. Year and yeah, and a lot of a lot of the young young kids played really well. So and we'll see what they do in the Pac-12 tournament. Not holding out crazy hope, but like it's another opportunity. So yeah, and I think like the one thing we have to um, try to hang our hats on, obviously, is the the play of the freshman, of course, and if Talia can come back fully healthy. I th- we we were all I think thinking something was awry from the beginning of the season, and I, I might have said something even in an early episode. I, I felt like her her explosiveness or something about her playmaking was just felt a little bit slower and off um, as the season began, really. And I thought I chalked it up to maybe it being about playing with a lot of new faces and just trying to get everyone acclimated to the offense. But I think it's pretty clear that uh, that Andrea had been bothering her and that she felt like she had to play through it as best as possible because the team was so young and they needed her to be a leader on, on the floor, be a reliable uh, threat on both sides of the ball. But the, the the freshmen, from what I've seen, love this program. They love this team. And I know a lot of people are really worried about some of these players darting out uh, through the transfer portal, especially because the team got hit pretty hard last offseason from some of its elite mm-hmm. talent. And no one wants to have that happen, especially for any very, very promising freshmen, especially as a core group. But everything that I've seen, at least across social media, and I take that for what it is, uh, a lot of these players are celebrating what uh, was a very, very happy victory against Arizona, um, was a great celebration for their seniors and their leaders and veterans. And they're talking about how much they love this team, that they love this program. So I'm not really worried about any losses from uh, in the transfer portal, at least major when it comes to some of these core freshmen. And I really hope they do stick it out because I do really think, and I agree with Terry, that next year, It'll, they'll be back in full force, if not more, uh, because of how much experience they got this year. And some of the turmoil they already got off their back. If they were coasting right. through their whole careers and they had to face this their junior-senior seasons, that's a lot more that difficult car. to face. But when it's you're, when yeah. you're a freshman and you just get it out of the way, I mean, you're poised to have uh, some pretty successful seasons in Corvallis if you stick around. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the fact that we opened it up with saying that the freshmen killed it on senior day. <laughs> you, you, you know that your program's probably in a difficult position, uh, but uh, the silver lining in that is, is that there's a ton of hope for the future. And um, I think we see that on sort of a um, uniquely heavy on one side uh, uh, set of circumstances right now. And, and so really looking forward to next year um, and really looking forward to what this team does in the Pac-12 tournament. I, I don't think that 
anyone is holding out expectations of a major run. Um, but it will be interesting to see what happens now that, uh, or not now, but when the pressure of this sort of tumultuous regular season is lifted, weird things happen. And I think a team that is playing loose um, and is excited, uh, they, like you said, from social media, they all seem still very engaged with this program, very excited to be a part of the program. Um, and I don't think every team that's in that position makes a run, but every team that makes a run um, that you're not expecting to is sort of dealing with those sort of ingredients uh, going into the postseason play. So it'll be interesting to see what they do um i think anything that they can do uh in the tournament is uh icing on the cake to be honest for sure on a similar note men's basketball mm. uh a game that i'm having a hard time being mad at so i'm just kind of sitting here being heartbroken at uh 69 loss at the hands of the Oregon Ducks and Dana Altman. It would have been really nice to have beaten those guys. Um, as anyone who listens to podcasts knows, uh, we don't fucking like those guys. And <laughs> it kind of would have sealed Oregon's fate as not making the NCAA tournament. Uh, I still don't think they will, but it would have been, you know, let's let's not shy let's not shy away from the little brother inferiority complex. Organized to talk about it. it would have been lovely to be like yeah <laughs> have fun in the nit or the cbi whatever um and they they the ducks do have a shot now they, they really do have a shot getting in the field and we really had a shot to to beat them uh dex had a great game uh overall and it was just uh not enough late so kind of kind of the story of uh of the whole the whole season but really one where it's like we've seen the signs of the team playing better Overall, uh, if you are new to the show, there's not really anyone here who is really on the uh, let's fire Wayne Tinkle train. Um, I understand all fans who are frustrated with it, but I don't think any of us here think, oh, yeah, if you just fire Wayne, then the problems go away. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's tough, but, you know, um, I, there's there's been signs all year, especially that this team is a lot better than last year, that this there's that while admitting that that is a ridiculously low bar to clear. But also that like this team plays for each other and they play hard for each other and uh, they care. And, you know, seeing earlier after the, the win against Colorado where the team mobbed Casey Abekwe at, at, uh, at, at a half court and seeing Jordan Pope play as well as he has and Glenn Taylor Jr. turning around this uh, the second half of this year. There's, there, there's been genuine positives. The most anti-Wayne Tinkle, negative Oregon State men's basketball fan can't say there aren't like things that have like been decent basketball, whatever. Yeah. And uh, a win against Oregon, whether that moves a needle towards accomplishing anything this year or not can be debated. It just would have been really nice to see. And they've got uh, Stanford at home on Thursday and Cal at home on Saturday. And that rounds out the rest of the regular season. But just... Ooh. A season with much more silver linings than last year, but still a lot of frustration. And I don't think the future. I I think while like while things have been more positive generally in twenty two to twenty three than they were twenty one to twenty two, 
I don't think the future of Oregon State men's basketball is anything less murky, any less murky than it was at this time last year. Yeah. Other than uh, the fact that like you have a player in Pope who you have a lot of belief in, but I don't think that yeah. unmurkifies the murkiness really. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I um, in part am going to play devil's advocate here, but I think that there may be some truth to it and I don't want to be a downer. So I'm just going to get it out of the way. I feel like Oregon State men's basketball specifically has gone uh, through a lot of um, uh, periods of time in the last 20 years where we've had someone or maybe two guys that um, we can get really excited about. Like the, the two that come to mind are Roberto Nelson and Jared Cunningham. Um, where you saw legitimate like star potential with those guys. And I think they both were stars to a certain degree at Oregon State. Um, but you just couldn't find the right pieces to put around them. And I really, really hope that, um, I mean, you don't, you can't really learn from that mistake because I don't think that it was a lack of trying from the coaches to right. find talent to put around them. What do you mean? They had just... Roland Schaftenar? They had Devon <laughs> yeah. Collier? They had Eric Moreland? Hey, this is this is a pro Devon Collier podcast. Yeah, you you. you uh... I'm talking about that's the support, right. I, but obviously it wasn't enough to get him into uh, into the tournament, right? And so and, I think and different. Co- that was the Robinson era as it well. It was the Robinson was era for sure. So it is. It's it's different in a whole lot of respects. But I, get but what you're saying. I think, but I I think that that's where some of the people that are really frustrated with the men's basketball program are coming from. Is like we've seen this before. I think the three of us, uh, at least I think that Pope is sort of at a different level than what we've seen before. Um, but I just, I just want to see it turn the corner from what we've seen right. in the past, you know? And it's hard. Uh, JP, I don't want to talk too much on this one point. I know we got a lot of gym to get to. Uh, Oregon State's men's basketball problem is bigger than a coaching hire yeah and i think that's sort of the elephant in the room and i understand that a big portion of the fan base if you're new to the show there's you know we've talked about this a little bit a big portion of the fan base wants wayne tinkle fired and thinks uh that the the portion of the fan base that doesn't want wayne tinkle fired is just accepting mediocrity and this is the problem with oregon state athletics um, and then the fact there's the portion that doesn't want Tinkle fired and um, thinks that the other portion is just unrealistic, uh, you know, negative Nancy's uh, who aren't ha- have no fresh ideas or whatever and think that just a f- firing someone is going to solve everything. And I don't think anyone's necessarily wrong here because I don't know what I want right now as an Oregon State men's basketball fan. I just know what history has taught us. And this is what people wanted in the 90s. This is what people wanted in the J. John era. Uh, and we fired J. John. And we got Craig Robinson. I'll remind you, Craig Robinson, despite being the uh, brother-in-law of a then very popular presidential candidate who was an elected president, that is Barack Obama, <laughs> um, Craig Robinson was not the first choice. I don't even know if the name I'm remembering was the first choice, but Ron Hunter, who was the coach then at IUPUI, passed mm-hmm. on the job. 
I believe Mike Weir, who is the coach at University of San Diego, also passed on the job. Uh, you might know Ron Hunter from, I believe, the 2015 March Madness tournament when he was the head coach of Georgia State and his son, so RJ fun. Hunter, who played in the NBA, hit that buzzer beater to beat Baylor. And Ron Hunter, who had sustained a leg injury at the time, was on one of those little like half scooters yeah. and was sitting on it. And then his son hit a buzzer beater to like it was like a 14 versus three upset. And then he fell off of it and was just like waddling around on his back on the floor like a turtle <laughs> care but that so, like so ron, ron hunter ron hunter probably would have been a great hire we couldn't hire ron hunter away from iupui when we were trying to replace jay john we couldn't hire mike weir away from university of san diego when we we're trying to replace jay john we get craig robinson who had had i think a couple like fine seasons at brown i think his last year was like 19 and 11 and the fact was like oh like three years ago Brown was like five and 30. So, so Craig Robinson has taken a horrible team and made it not horrible, which is something that athletic, athletic directors do all the time. Um, trust me, this is everything. This is what the University of Minnesota does in like every sport when they're awful. And it's just like, let's be not awful. And nothing against Craig Rob. I still think the year one job that Craig Rob did was incredible. To take a team that went 0-18 in conference play and win the CBI the next year, that is a phenomenal coaching job. Laugh about the CBI all you want to. You can't do that without some really damn good coaching. True. But, but he couldn't elevate it beyond that. There was yeah. no improvement happened after that first year, even mm -hmm. though the recruiting on paper was better. And then so, like, everyone wanted Craig Rob gone. And when we got Tinkle, I just remember being like, oh, yeah, we played those Montana teams a couple of times, I think Craig Rob lost to one of them and barely beat another one. So it's like, all right, this guy can kind of coach. So for the fire a tinkle crowd, you're literally using the same plan that's been used five, six, seven times over with the exact same result. There needs to be something done that overhauls the program and overhauls the culture. And the question you should be asking yourself is not whether Wayne Tinkle is the guy for it or who can we get to replace Wayne Tinkle. It's is Scott Barnes up to it? Yep. And if he's not, you have to ask yourself if this success that it looks like the football team is going to have and have for a long time and the success that the baseball team's having currently and then everything else that's going on that's going well or whatever, is that worth it? Because if men's basketball is his biggest problem and it's his most complicated problem and it's his problem to solve, no previous athletic director has been able to solve it. And until that time happens, I'm not someone who is a fan of the Tinkle extension, the, the years and the money. I'm fine with, you know, the you extend a guy after you get to see Elite Eight, but the years and the money, whatever. You cannot fire a coach that's going to hold your program back financially for an extended period of time with no clear plan in place. And that clear plan is nowhere to be found right now. So I do yeah. think the best thing is for Barnes to just let Tinkle coach out this contract or at least coach out the next year or the year after and think super long-term and super creative with this because yeah. there, there, there's no there's no one available who wants this job that's going to get more out of Jordan Pope and Glenn Taylor Jr. If you think there's a coach out there that we're an NCAA tournament team with this exact group of players. Well, that's going to then... keep them. That's the other thing. We get a new coach next year. Most of these guys sure. are gone. Our future yeah, right now is gone. We're starting over again. Exactly. Yep. 
Well, and right now we're playing with uh, the most uh, stringent money situation. Because if you think about it, money's going to be the thing. When you talk about overhauling a program, that's pouring money into Gil. Yeah, we got renovations. And yes, Gil is much nicer than what it used to be. But I, I still think that it falls in probably the bottom half of the Pac-12 in terms of facilities, for but sure. They, but, but they have the practice facility that's, that's probably one of the top, I don't the know. The practice third. facility is great. Yeah, of yeah. the Pac-12. I, I just, I, so you have Tinkle, who's extended for what? Another five years? Another six years? Four, I think. Okay, so you're not going to fire him because you just put a fuck ton of yeah. money into the ba- into the football stadium, right? And so uh, the other the other part of the money situation is with uh, Damn Nation, they have a certain sure. amount of money that they're divvying out, and I think and that, right that now could swing have, things in the next year or two. It could, but right now with the trajectory of specifically the football program, that's where the money's being routed right now. Um, and when you're a school the size of Oregon State uh, that has the, uh, I should say, the donor size of Oregon State, you have to make those decisions. Are we funneling the money into football or are we funneling the money into basketball? Because it's going to be tough to do both and and have both be competitive. From a bottom line standpoint, you always funnel the money into football. Yeah. And this is coming from me. Basketball is far and away my favorite sport. And I would love to see us compete for the tournament every year. It's... Well, it's the lifeblood of like every single university that has an athletics program is football. Is football exactly? Yeah. Yeah. But also, like, it, it, this goes beyond facilities. This goes beyond everything. And and I think something that needs to be said with basketball is like being in a being in a power five is a powerful chip to have in in football. In basketball, there's a ton of programs that are in the top twenty five and are competing for one seeds that aren't in those power five football schools. So Ooh. I don't think you're attracting a young, talented coach by just being like, hey, come to the Pac-12, come to Corvallis or whatever. <laughs> Pac-12. We haven't attracted that coach ever. Yeah. I don't think the Pac-12 is going to do that right now either. The, the, the Pac-12 is not going to do it right now either. <laughs> right. The, the, the TV, shit's everything. So it's like that all that says i can i can, I can hear the the fire tinkle crowd responding to this right now is just like you still like if you don't think you can win with tink if you don't think you can win with a coach you shouldn't keep a coach around and i get that and i i don't want to diminish that you know idea if that is exactly where you do think oregon state is but you can't just like you can't try and rebuild this program and try and bring someone in to build it back up to where it can be and pay them to do that while also paying someone to not coach the program and not have that clear prospect in place. Something I've never, I have not heard a single name from the people who want Tinkle fired. None. Yeah. I know. I, I will go under the, the doldrums of Twitter, which is the worst place on the planet right now. And I can't find like, a reasonable thing. I saw one tweet that said, bring Coach K out of retirement to Coach Oregon State. And like, that's the most realistic shit from that crowd <laughs> I've seen. And I don't say that to like fight with anyone because like I have my issues with Tinkle and the shit that's going on right now. And I don't want to accept mediocrity. But give but... some solutions then. Like, no one's providing any solutions. And so right now, this is the best solution. I think, I think Oregon State men's basketball is a brilliant uh, candidate for like an inside heavily long form journalism piece that the athletic spends two years on before they end up reporting it. Yeah. Because why it's been such a problem. It, this has been a thing for 30 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't a problem that started with Wayne Tinkle. 
Wayne Tinkle just hasn't solved the problem outright. The only thing Wayne Tinkle has done is given you the two best seasons in school history since Gary Payton and the two worst seasons in school history since Gary Payton. And that's why the fan base is so fucking divided right now because there's people clinging to two of those seasons and then the other people clinging to the other two of those seasons. And no one has any idea how to fucking figure it out. And it's frustrating because it shouldn't be that difficult, but it is. And I don't have any solutions. But I want us all to remember we are all Beaver fans. We all want the team to do well. And, hey, just best of luck, Scott Barnes. This is, I think, one of the toughest decisions he can make. And I also think that it's on the table for him to be reasonably be like, is Oregon State men's basketball the sacrificial lamb to make to make the, the rest of the rising tide raise the rest of the ships? Yeah. And that's yeah. in his position. He has a tough job. And those are the decisions that he gets paid to make. And that might be it. One thing that I would like to see happen with the men's basketball program, and this, it could make a difference and maybe it doesn't, um, is bring in some of the alumni. Have that closer relationship with some of the alumni. And I know they've tried to do that a couple of times. Craig Rob tried very hard on that. I will give did. Craig Rob that credit. He worked his ass off in bringing back alumni. I remember a game where AC Green came and he sat front row in front of us and like the crowd went nuts. And Gary Payton would come to some of the games, uh, but Especially that was when Gary, GP2. Yeah. Well, he, he came yeah. when GP2 was there. He, he, he did, did come right. at least one or two, though, before Gary so, came. So that's, I mean, and there are some really, really good alumni uh, that could help sort of spark some electricity yeah. into this program. Um, I don't know if Tinkle's doing that or not. Uh, he may be. Corvallis is not the easiest place to get to. Uh, so I'm not sure, but, but that would be something that we have a unique sort of situation, um, that we could tap into. And I'd like to see that. I, I have to say one last thing as a counterpoint to that, and then we can move on. But, but I, I mean, I think we need to be realistic in looking at, uh, students and student athletes today. Um, Gary Payton to them, it was probably a cool old, old player. They never watched that guy play. Brent True. Barry, they don't give a shit about. And AC right. Green is just literally like, a name. Brent uh, Barry, on, is, that Ma- is that Mac McClung's dad? Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I think I think we have such a large window since we had very successful right. NBA uh, or even like you know celebrity esque uh, Beaver basketball players that yeah. um Gary Payne the second is the closest thing to that and he's still in the the early stages of a of a career so I don't think yeah. that he's someone you can rely on him like just showing up middle of the basketball season unless you know he was uh um, NBA there's a NBA champion they... Eric Moreland does that do nothing for you <laughs> hey I saw I saw Roberto Nelson at the uh the games up in Portland with you guys earlier this year that's true yeah, yeah Roberto, Roberto, still, yeah. Roberto gets around yeah. he's a, he's a lot of the games he does it go yeah. and, and and enjoy himself but no 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 disrespect Roberto I I can't see uh some of the uh incoming freshmen or freshmen you know getting getting right. pretty amped it has a <laughs> As a, as a uh, okay. student You're, you're choosing alumni. between Oregon State and Arizona State, and Roberto Nelson comes to your game at Oregon State and Arizona, and James Harden comes to your visit at Arizona State. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to be I realistic about this. That's, that's, a, that's too much to ask of Roberto. Yeah, and I think Roberto, I think Roberto <laughs> might not... agree with you. Right. <laughs> He's a realistic dude. 
I think Roberto's a nicer guy than James Harden. I'd rather be friends with Roberto. Nelson. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to a 17 year old, it's like, yeah, James Harden came to my game. I'm going here. Yeah. Roberto Nelson's way better at defense than James Harden. Is. So if you're a he's also, he's also better at making threes with one shoe on than James Harden. Sure. <laughs> anyway, we have, we have to move on from men's basketball. We have all off season and probably the rest of our lives to deliberate on how to fix men's basketball so that <laughs> thing's not going away we have to talk about gymnastics there's a lot to talk about there's holy shit we are oh my god this is we're be the so over episode. we got uh, let's just ran through this because there's a okay. lot to there's a lot to say jp burt oregon state gymnastics and records records everywhere jp go okay you ready so records records everywhere as terry just said uh first uh congrats to the team they set a program record on the beam in their damn worth it meet against Arizona and shout out to the damn worth it uh, movement. That's a, a very, very important yeah. thing that the university put, puts on. And I love that uh, the gym team does the meet every year, uh, but they beat the record, uh, their program record uh, that was previously for 49.600 on the beam with a 49.625. So boom, new uh, record right there. Record nice. number one. Then record Jade number one. Carey, uh, had, had an all-around score of 39.875. Olympic gold medalist, Jade Carey? Yeah. I, did I say her name wrong? Is it Ja? Is, is it? I, I heard Jade Carey, oh, but it might no, be Jade Carey. You know, well, Olympic I, gold medalist is correct, though, for sure. Okay, that one's okay right. cool. So her all-around score was 39.875 at that meet. Is that good? Uh, it was uh, the highest in the country for all around. And Probably pretty good. Another one. This season, yeah. <laughs> and it actually broke the program's record uh, for all oh. around. So, so pretty another good. one. Pretty good. Oh, another oh, one. Oh, and also uh, tied for the 13th highest score in NCAA history. Another one. That's yeah. pretty good. That's really good. That's probably um, pretty good. So how how'd she get thirty nine point eight seven five? Uh well, it just happened that she had a career high with a perfect oh. ten on the Woo! bars. No blemishes detected. detected. No blemish Woo! detected or assessed. They heard me. Those yep. judges knew. They're like, shit, we can't show I any of these blemishes. Them, so I was just like, I was like, show me the blemish. And yeah. they were like, There's there's no blemish, Terry. And I was like, I knew. That's why I said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, but that that wasn't all she did. Um, she also matched a career high on the floor uh, with another perfect 10. Jesus Christ. Another one. Okay. Jade, you're good at gymnastics. We get it. So I'm really bad at math, but one in two, that was two perfect 10s and one meet. And one meet. Okay. Uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty bad at math, but that's two perfect 10s. <laughs> 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 10 plus 10 equals a thousand yeah <laughs> and then of course our mad dog maddie dagan also set a career high with a 9.950 from Shout what out, was maddie. actually unbiasedly a flawless floor routine and give that 10 though no that was a that was a clear show me the blemish argument and a valid one as well because there were none there were none okay so Take a breath. Take a take a breath. That was just um, sure. last week. That was do you, a lot, like, star, do, you, do you need some Starburst? Yeah, I do. Hold we on, had to sit. talk about that one because we missed it because we didn't record last week. So yeah. we're catching up. That's why this episode is longer. We're not forgetting about your <laughs> gymnastics, Coach Chaplin. We're not forgetting. We are here. We are here today. 
that wasn't it though. That I know we got that's 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 that halftime. They yeah, don't have one. Half, they don't have halftime in gymnastics, but our gymnastics segment does. We're rotating. So yeah, we're rotating. Her. So remember that beam record that uh, we set last week? Oh yes, I do remember it. I just learned about it. It's mm. gone. Oh, I Man. hardly knew you. Yeah, the team. <laughs> The team broke their week-old record, program record, getting a 49.650 on the beam. The beam team showed up actually in a very critical moment uh, because they they really needed to hit a record score um, in order to, to win this meet. But, spoiler alert, they won. They won. They beat Stanford on the road, number 24 Stanford. Yeah. All night, uh, I guess it was more like even afternoon, evening. But they they were challenging or breaking records all night en route to a program record of one hundred and ninety eight point zero seven five. By the way, this was on the road with road judges. That is a school record. And what oh. did OSU Gymnastics tweet after they did all that shit? Chopped them. Woo! Beavers chopped trees. That's right. Beavers chopped trees. Chopped them. Gymnastics Twitter handle it. It's, it's, it's chop them. But we'll, we'll take it. We'll take yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Past tense is okay. But you could just yeah, you can relive you the past and the present they, they by did. saying chop them. Chop them and chopped them. They did that. They're technically accurate, but yeah. so yeah, yes, you know. But yeah, you you can't spell either without hope, and that's the important thing. Yeah, that is the important. Thing. That's the very. That's the most. That's okay, important. I'm not supposed to breathe yet, guys. So oh shit, we can't let JP breathe. Yeah, don't let me breathe. Um, this shout out to Belligerent Beavs athlete again, Maddie Dagan. She picks up her first event title of the season with a nine point nine two five on the vault. It was should have been a ten. It was spectacular. And then, and then, and then, Jade, no one, no, it is Insert dude, where's my car reference here? Yes. Don't do the actual quote, though. Yeah. And Jade picked up her first perfect score of the year on the bars. On the bars. Wait. And then she also earned her third perfect 10 of the year on the floor. Wait. Is Damn. that another one, two perfect tens in back-to-back weeks? That makes one, two, two three, three, four. Four perfect tens in two weeks? What's, what is going on? What's crazy is Betty also earned a perfect 10 on the floor of the bars in Tacoma, Washington this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> I want to make sure that we are not becoming spoiled and like desensitized. No, we're to... spoiled in gymnastics. We're one of the most spoiled families. I know. It, 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 is, it, it is crazy. It's like, I can't even really put it in Ladies my brain. Ladies are amazing. How? how on fire this team is right now at like the perfect time they're peaking. Um, and I want to point this out. I want to, to, to let the listeners know how good this team is at this point. Shouting out let our know. gym insider extraordinaire, Warren Gray, who literally over a year ago now, last February 2022, informed us over Twitter. You can find this on Twitter. Actually, he was informing Terry and us. It was 
It was harder actually to find than, than you'd think. But it was on Twitter. If you can find it, let us know. Here's what he said. Shut up, Terry. You dummy. This is how it works. <laughs> yeah. <I'm just> <laughs> Warren is much nicer than that. <laughs> a benchmark for very good teams is 197 points, which is out of, it's out of 200, right? Like the highest you can score is up. Like the, a perfect game is 200. Our gym team has earned 197 plus twice already this season. Now is in 2022, as I said. But the previous time they had done it at all was 2019. Then he went on to say the best teams earn 198 plus points. But I don't think I've ever seen Oregon State achieve that in the 20 years I have been following. Maybe this year, he said. So what I have to say back to that is not exactly Warren, but damn, as far as we're concerned, you did call this 198. Congratulations. Congrats to the gym team. Congrats to Coach Chaplin. This team is going to shock so many people. I can't wait to watch them. They're having a ton of fun, and they're absolutely destroying it. And now I can breathe. That was amazing, JP. That was amazing. And and uh, obvious shout out to the gym team, but shout out to Warren Domus as well. Coming up with uh with that prediction. Spot on, my man. And uh yeah, I I, I second what you guys said. We are spoiled as fuck and have been for quite some time now with this gym team. Um it's exciting, man. It's it's I always love these sports that you uh, maybe didn't watch a ton of before and now you're getting into and, and starting to like learn about the sport um, as you're watching uh, watching it really take off uh, in the athletic program. It's, this is awesome. Yeah, and I love how uh, the Warren Domus was is a D and that's actually his Twitter handle if you guys want to learn more about... Is it Warren uh, Domus? <laughs> no, <laughs> it should be though. Uh, if you want to learn more about the uh, the Beaver Gym team, you give him a follow, shoot him a note. He'll definitely answer any question that you might have and it's at, at Warren D. Gray, G-R-A-Y. Oh, okay. So D must um, be for Domus, Warren Domus. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Warren yeah, Domus, Gray. Warren Domus, uh, big, big time listener of the show since day one. So yeah. we, we, lo- we love Warren. Um, women's gymna- or just gymnastics in general. <laughs> um, up next, JP, is this, uh, they have Arizona State on Saturday, yep. March 4th on Pac-12 Networks. Uh, next time you can get out to support them in person in Gill, Phil Gill, always uh, Saturday, March 11th at 2 p.m. Pacific time against Utah. Utah is always pretty good, right? Yeah. Yep. So, and then that is the last home meet of the season before I'll be there. Pack 12s, which will also be in Utah. You'll be at the at the Utah meet. Yep. Um, I'll be there with um, a limited amount of Mad Dog stickers. So find me. Nice. Find JP. He'll be next to the Dippin' Dots with a six-year-old who will have Dippin' (laughs) Dots all over his face. (laughs) That's how you know. That's how you know. It's the the ginger beard and the Dippin' Dot beard. Yeah. (laughs) How how many teams get uh, into – is it a national tournament or is it a national meet? Or how do they do that, JP? They do like a regional and then oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It's, re- it's regionals and then uh nationals. Nationals. Yeah. Okay. So like got 16 it. go to nationals from regionals. I think got it. or 8. Similar to eight. is it 8? So is there super or four. regionals? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Warren we, go to, we yeah, Warren. <laughs> yeah. 
Damn it. We could look this up, but that, you know, is the thing on the podcast where we look things up. We got to get to the diamond sports. There's there's a lot to get to. Uh, we're going to talk to Kevin Abel. Yeah. Hey. We're talking to Kevin Abel tonight. If you've listened Dude. this long, <laughs> we're talking to Kevin Abel, which we definitely didn't talk to, who we definitely didn't talk to before we started talking about all this stuff. It's definitely being presented in the order in which it was recorded and not any <laughs> other way. Uh, we sound much clearer and put together. It's not because we've been yelling and drinking at each other. Um, no, we're we, at we, each we, other. we, 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 <laughs> yelling and drinking at each other. We've been drinking at each other for the last I, 15 years. Yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in Benny's neck of the woods in, in two weeks when you're at that Ooh. gymnastics meet and I'm going to drink at Benny a whole lot. Yeah, you are. <laughs> you guys should take the train down to Albany. And then I'll pick you up. Take the train down to Albany. Sounds like a country song. I'm not going to request five seconds for it because it 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 definitely exists, but I don't know what the, the artist and whatever. Um, Diamond uh, sports. Diamond softball. sports. Softball. Bad news. Bad news. Uh, this you probably heard about this if you're following the team. Um, we're losing uh, Savannah Watley for the season uh more heartbreaking news uh for a team that has already lost kiki escobar for the season so the that infield is it's hurting it's 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 hurting really bad uh savannah watley's been a great player uh an awesome player for this team and a leader on this team it was a big part of the college world series run um so that's very difficult uh news to take for uh those of us who are all very very hopeful and very excited for what this team was going to do this year you can follow um, her recovery, though. She's definitely been uh, covering a lot on, on Savannah, Instagram. So. Savannah's a phenomenal, phenomenal fo- follow on social media. Yeah. Um, so so follow her. Um, Wishing her best of luck through all the process. Yeah. Just. Uh, I think surgery's tomorrow. Is it really? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking up the the exact. It, it's just at Savannah Wally on Instagram. Um, so that's. Uh, W-H-A-T-L-E-Y is uh, her last name. So follow Savannah. Support Savannah. Um, fuck, just imagining how, how disappointing that must be for that kid. Yeah. Sucks. Yeah. Um, especially with the, just the news uh, on top of the, the Kiki news as well. Like, it's like, Hey, real fun. You guys made it to the world series last year. Yeah. Uh, I miss year. I'm, t- I'm taking your two, two of your premier infielders. Yeah. But I think it's a good experience. It's a good opportunity for the, for, you know, next yeah. up, but like there's, next, uh, next there's a lot of depth. Up. There's a, ne- a lot of depth with this team. Uh, coach Berg, you know, isn't just going to leave holes in, in her recruitment. And so there might be some, uh, road, road bumps and, uh, you know, steep learning curves for some of the players, but I think we kind of have seen this early on in the season, but these, these tournaments are, are a lot of, uh, trying to feel how, where to play people, bat people, et cetera. And I, it's not like they're, you know, losing every single game or anything or like going winless through tournaments. But uh, I think we'll I think we'll settle on a nice lineup very shortly. I think Pac-12 play starts next week. Mm-hmm. So, so crazy. Um, once they leave the uh, Mary Nutter tournament uh, or classic, which is not Nutter Butter based, we're not talking about it. We don't have time. <laughs> we're not talking. I just wanted to remember last year when we like looked up the history of Nutter Butters. And... <laughs> we spent like 20 minutes on that. We I, really I, weren't. I, 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 I blame Benny for that. It, we, 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 could not, we could not get off the Nutter Butter thing. Uh, but the team's going to find their stride. There's still a lot of veteran leadership. It's just trying to make sure that you put people in the right places to be successful, and I think that uh, they'll be on their way pretty quickly. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, we're gonna miss we're gonna miss Savannah. We're gonna miss Kiki, of course. Like, but um, they're they're you know eager to get back too. So, and they're they're yeah. supporting this team. They you know they're definitely following along on social media, following on TV. Yeah, and they're rooting for them, and I know the team feels that as well. And we beat Iowa today. Yeah, to wrap up the Mary Nutter Butter Classic. Where were Where were you, Caitlin Clark? Yeah, beating beating <laughs> beating the number two team in the nation in your in your sport, but <laughs> and shout shouts to Tarni Septo, who's been pitching really well, uh, who got the yeah. got the win today, and of course, Belligerent Peas athlete Sarah Handyguest, who had another well, great the... in the circle as well. JP's wearing a Sarah Handyguest jersey. Nice. Right now, you can get it yeah. from Athlete Zone. No, you can't. Not anymore. Not yet. Not anymore. Oh, yeah. There was, that was a drop. All right. Uh, so you can't get that. Sorry. You're too late. Yeah. Um, Next time. Baseball. Uh, the baseball team. Just, how do we Ooh. say it? Respectfully. Oh, yeah. Just, just beats the shit out of Coppin State in back to back games. Hey, were you one of those assholes? freaking out when this team lost the first game of the year <laughs> it's been six straight wins after that yeah um and double digit scoring pretty much the entire day yeah winning against compensate 95 yesterday winning against compensate 16 nothing the day before winning against compensate 11 to 1 the day before that winning against uc santa Barbara 11 to 0 uh the day before that winning against new mexico 14 to 6 the day before that win against minnesota who the f- fuck is from that state <laughs> weirdos baking soda wait baking so- jp please play five seconds of baking soda from minnesota by andre nicotina i had to do one i had to do one we've we were talking about it earlier and i didn't do it then because i was like i don't want to give jp more to do but had to do it uh, be- they beat the Gophers, of course, eight to seven. Uh, the Oregon State Beavers baseball team is is six and one. Slug the ball great uh, against Coppin State. Um, shout out Tanner at- Smith. Shout out to Tanner Smith, of course, who uh, is killing the ball. Uh, Mike McDowell also uh, having a, having a great start to <laughs> to to the season. Um, so so many guys <laughs> are 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 playing great, but uh, Michael McDowell's on pace to like I basically beat Ted Williams. So <laughs> I had to shout out, shout out Michael. <laughs> Gavin Turley has been as promised. Uh, oh, in, that uh, home run he hit to the left dude, field, dude! dude he like, cleared the tree. Rake. He cleared the trees, man. It's four hundred twenty-five <laughs> feet to left field. Yeah, off the bat, off the bat, he it was hit like that shit to tangent, dog. Tangentially. Yeah to tangent <laughs> also hitting above 400 is travis bazana which is hey. australian for noise noise our noise second baseman travis bazana and i think we have to, we we don't have favorites but uh gary bazana one of our favorite athlete dads who listens to the show mr bazana what a noise start to the season. Come on the pod any time to play Noifey Spoonie. <laughs> hey, he deserves a number one sports dad shirt too. He deserves a number one sports dad shirt for sure. There, is, there, are, there are like a hundred number one sports dads and they all listen to the Belligerent Beefs podcast. <laughs> That's true. We're going to do a live show in Australia and the whole continent's coming out. It's going to be at the Toast Face Gorilla in Perth, Australia. I don't know how close that is to where you are, Mr. Bazana. 
Uh, but it's going to happen. So catch us in Perth sometime in the future. We'll invite the Bazanas. We'll invite Corey Worthington, who's also very famous. <laughs> and moving on. And that's oh, it. And, and moving on. I'm a famous glasses guy. I forgot about I was like, trying to think, who's his, what's that name? Look up Corey Worthington on yeah. YouTube. It's a uh, great so why video. Do you, why do you wear your glasses? Because they're famous? Because they're famous. Because <laughs> they're famous. <laughs> oh, man. Where is that guy? We got to get him on the pod Dude, uh, i don't know and either <laughs> doing really well or really not well he's not <laughs> right. in the middle <laughs> all right um on baseball the team's six and one the team's balling yeah. speaking of balling should we talk to kevin abel for gosh sakes already yeah yeah all right beaver fam we have a great treat for all of you tonight maybe our most decorated guest ever in the history of the belligerent beeves podcast uh the the hero of the 2018 uh college world series uh from game two, game three, essentially every game in Omaha that year. Uh, pitcher, Kevin Abel. Kevin, thank you so much for joining the show tonight. <laughs> uh, thank you, guys. Wow, that's, uh, that's one hell of, a, of an intro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the honors go on and on, you know. Uh, you know <laughs> pride of San Diego, California, Cincinnati Reds traffic. Um, more, more and more. We'd be here all night <clears throat> if we uh, address all of uh, the, the accolades <clears throat> that, that you've picked up uh, in your illustrious career uh, but first we wanted to thank you once again um, for taking time out of your busy schedule to join the show and just especially since this right now this season is sort of the five-year anniversary of that special run in uh, 2018 and oh, don't say that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> time works. Yeah. Uh, you still look great, though. Um, we it's a good it's a good time to to celebrate uh, that championship team, um, especially with another great uh, uh, Beaver baseball team uh, just sort of kicking kicking off their season uh, here in 2023. Uh, we got can't you know can't talk about that team enough. Um, but we figured it'd be great to just start with, you know, kind of like what's new with you, uh, what are you up to right now? And just, you know, how is, uh, spring training going and, uh, where, where are you joining us from, uh, in the world tonight? Uh, currently in, uh, Northern Surprise. Um, my parents actually just bought a home, uh, out here. They are getting out of San Diego, um, but they're not living here yet. So I'm actually here all by myself, which is kind of <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, <laughs> Uh, fiance, uh, okay. December got engaged. She's oh, congratulations. Back home. Congrats, man. Thank, you, thank you very much. Uh, she's back home with the pups, taking care of them. She's going to come visit here in a little bit. Uh, spring training's getting kicked off. Pitchers, catchers, all pitchers and catchers reported today. Oh, awesome. Um, starting to face some hitters and we're, we're right back where we were just That's awesome. a few months ago. It feels like <laughs> it, it is a short off season in baseball for sure. Kevin, where are, are you? You're with the big league club right now, aren't you? Uh, no, I was kind of a, a late show up to early camp, uh, which is usually the older guys. Um, it'll be double A, triple A, and then maybe some younger guys that they want to invite. Um, I guess younger is a rel relative term, uh, less service time uh, players. Um, and so uh, big league camp's kind of on the other side, but they kind of go, they work together. You know, so maybe sometimes guys need to cover an inning or two in a, in a big league game. They'll pull from those early camp guys kind of thing. Cool. Nice. That's awesome. Alex McGarry, though, is in big league camp. And he's having a great time over there. Love that for him. Oh, nice. Awesome. Yeah. One of, one of our questions was, um, 
if there's actually any like uh any reds uh uh teammates that you know maybe like who sh who aren't getting the hype that they should uh be getting uh at this point that uh you know uh maybe baseball casuals or someone not as familiar uh with the reds organization should be looking out for this year um so if Al uh... alex mcgarry is weak we can uh we can hype on alex mcgarry for for a bit too but if uh, <laughs> absolutely if anyone else who comes to mind or who who's looking particularly good uh in your eye I'll do I'll do one one American and one international sign. Uh, unfortunately, they're both going to be pitchers, but I think right. uh, uh, Donovan Benoit. Okay. He's I don't think his name's out there a whole lot. Tulane grad, mm -hmm. uh, man, just funky funky looking throwing motion, but it is it's it's jet fuel. It, it gets nice. on you quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, he's a great guy too, but he, I think he can have a good tramp, big trampoline year. Um, and then for an international guy, his name's Luis May. You may have seen him on Instagram once if you're, you know, down those rabbit holes on in baseball Instagram or something, but, uh, <laughs> he's Love it. he's he's a big big kid i think he's like 20 years old up to 102 103 huh. I, oh, wow I mean, if if he just if he can get more consistent man it i wouldn't be surprised if he's in the big leagues next year like and he was in low way with me last year <laughs> <laughs> so, so so kevin sp speaking of that you you did get some uh some work in single a last year what how are you feeling physically right now first of all and and sort of what are your goals for this year where where do you want to see most of your time uh feel great um awesome i i've been very fortunate that um you know the surgery went well a lifetime ago and um, everything's been good since then. I've actually, like, I feel better now being in pro ball going every five games, which is anywhere from five to six days. Like, uh, I feel like my body's adjusted to that a lot better than even a seven day, uh, in college. Um, I'm hoping, hoping to start in Dayton, uh, this year, which would be, which would be high. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you, you, you end up where like whatever you earn, you know, so, uh, uh we will see. You mentioned, uh, Jumping up to high A, one guy who was uh, potentially going to join you there and is no longer with uh, the Reds organization. How bummed are you about uh, Justin Boyd getting traded? Oh, man. <laughs> I know. It was it was sad. When I saw that on Twitter, I texted him. I was like, dude, like, I'm really sorry, but I, it's it's a really good thing to be traded. Like, It means that the, the other team really wants you. Yeah. And um, so I, I, you know, I wish him the best of luck. And I, I'm, I'll, I'm sure I'll be pl seeing plenty of him in spring training games still since he's our neighbor just across the street. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm sad to see him go, but you know, happy at the same time. Since you're in surprise right now, were you able to uh, catch up with uh, this year's beef team at all when they were down there uh, last week, or did you just miss each other? I, I just missed them. Um, oh, I, I drove in Monday afternoon. Uh, so I, I, I just missed them. If I flew in maybe on Monday, I, I may have ran into them in the airport or something, but I heard they ran into trouble there. So, Oh, I didn't hear this. What was that story at the airport? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I and I heard uh I heard like their their flight got canceled or something on oh. uh on that day, so they had to stay an extra day and fly out the next morning. But, there hasn't uh, been a ton of crazy weather in like every true. northern city. Right. You have to understand, Kevin. I just got back from Mexico, so I literally missed yeah. all of <laughs> <Right>. the weather. <laughs> Good to you. I just I just missed the snow too. I right. it, it came in a day or two after I left and my fiance is pissed. <laughs> I always miss it. <laughs>
Well, consider your guys' self lucky. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Kevin, let, let's go back five years ago to where you were freshman uh, of the year by D1 Baseball. Um, and you guys obviously went to the College World Series, won it in pretty dramatic fashion. What made that group of guys so special? Um, and take us back to that time in Omaha where, I mean, you obviously were very dominant. And um, what, I mean, what did that feel like? What was the uh, sort of environment like? Uh, that group was, I mean, uh, talented isn't, you know, isn't enough to to start. I mean, you look at Nick, Quan, Larnick, and Rutch. I mean, they're all guys that are already making impacts in the big leagues. You know, Rutch and Quan being second and third in the voting for rookie of the year. Like that doesn't, that's abnormal. Um, which reminds me of one of my favorite comments from a Mississippi State pitcher. That was, it was just an average SEC lineup, which I... <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, if they can show me an SEC lineup like that I would uh, I'd be very surprised but um, it was just it was just a, a great group of guys everyone was really close um, you know we spent a lot of time in that locker room it was everyone showing up 30 30 minutes to an hour before and just hanging out and you know, uh, my good friend, uh, Nathan Burns is actually going to be the best man at my wedding, um, throwing wiffle balls to Trevor Larnick in the, in the <laughs> locker room and him using a foam roller to, you know, to hit it, like <laughs> stuff like that. Like it was just, there was, it was such a tight group. Um, and with so many of those guys returning from 2017 it, for us freshmen, it was, you know, to be honest, we don't need you. Like we won 56 yeah. games last year. All we did was lose KJ and, uh, and Jake Thompson. So either you, you catch up or we'll, we'll figure it out. And, uh, which I liked it. I, it was, you know, forced you to get better quickly. Um, I still struggled at the beginning of the year, as you all know, probably. Um, but I got there eventually and things started to click in Omaha or, or right before Omaha and, continued in Omaha and I don't know it was feeling wise I, I wouldn't say it felt any different like I didn't feel elevated I wasn't floating off the ground or anything uh, I was just making pitches um, and I think I don't know maybe the hitters just made it a bigger deal than I did but it was just uh, just doing just doing your job next guy up and finding a way right you mentioned that group of names obviously had a, a ton of um, you know hype and attention on them already but was so like the expectations going into that season were sky high <clears throat> was there a kind of like a moment where it became apparent, like either mid mid season, late in the season, uh, maybe like after like a particularly tough game or something, where it became apparent like this is a special group, uh, unique from other special groups, that this isn't just a very talented team. This is a team capable of doing something you know really special and really uncommon from other teams that are high on talent i mean that uh, that's tough because i was because i was a freshman i like i didn't know what to expect mm -hmm. going into um going into it it did it did remind me of um which i, I don't i don't think it's right to compare these two but i i had a travel ball team when i was i want to say 16 15 and all of them we, we were great friends all of us were committed d1 and but we weren't big names by any means uh, recruit wise and we just, we all played really well together. It just, it was one of those things we just clicked. We played good baseball. Everyone showed up. They knew their role and you knew what you were going to get. And, um, and that's kind of what it was, uh, with, you know, that, that team is everyone knew what their job was. No one, no one complained, no one, you know, no one cut themselves short. Everyone just worked really hard and we all knew what the goal was. Um, I think I wouldn't say there's anything, a point in that season where it felt like it, but a big turning point was losing two out of three to Utah and two out of three to Arizona back to back weeks. We, we all joke and look back at the, at that, that those two weeks as just 
pretty damn close to hell on earth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Those were the uh, end of March. It was like end of March, right? I mean, still pretty early in the season. Was that was that where you felt like you maybe put the the gas pedal down a bit, at least in in uh, the way you were approaching your game? Because like you said, even early in the season, it was. It was tough for you, obviously, as a freshman coming in with a program with high expectations. I'm just sure like there were so many things crossing through your mind every time you were on the mound. Um, but then again, you know, as you as the season wore on, you you really found your stride. You know, you you finished four and one in the regular season, four and zero, of course, uh, through Omaha. So, um, you know, what I guess like really, what was it towards that end of that year, like after that turning point, that really made at least you specifically feel like. I can get my best stuff going. I know that I can, uh, you know, face anybody out there. Yeah. Um, uh, for the team, I think that those two weeks were a big turning point because it was, you know, we got to face that adversity early. Like you'd mentioned, it was only end of March. Um, so uh, we, we faced that adversity and got through it and made it work for me personally. Um, when I look back, it, there was a, there was a midweek game against Oregon um, where I came in relief. And I think I threw four innings with maybe a handful of punch outs, but didn't, didn't give up any runs or maybe one run. Um, <clears throat> that was my first like longer, good relief outing um, and just stayed within myself. Didn't, didn't let the game speed up on me and wasn't trying to trying to do too much you know i've always stuff wise you know like i have good pitches that move a lot and and all that but it was you know just putting it in the zone getting ahead of hitters and um and putting them away uh, efficiently um and so that week you had that midweek on tuesday and we went to washington state the following week and i came in out of the bullpen again on sunday um and i think i went five innings with no runs allowed as well um and then that was when i got moved to the sunday starter job um after that and just kind Kind of just kept building those blocks, you know, just taking little steps, you know, not having your best stuff, but not letting your 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 mental limit you and you know, finding a way to get the job done and things just started clicking. Yeah. And when it comes to the mental, it feels like you uh, are definitely you found that early compared to, I think, a lot of players uh, that kind of focus on the mound that you that you demonstrated throughout that remainder of the season. Like, I don't think I've ever seen anything like it since or before. So. Uh, it was highly impressive. Thank you very much. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, you, you mentioned the midweek games, and we talked a lot about this last year of uh, <clears throat> just how random those seem, especially when some are conference games, some are non-conference games. Do those midweek games throw like a wrench into things when you guys are used to that normal schedule of Friday, Saturday, Sunday? Or is that just, hey, we play ball when we play ball? Uh, a little bit of both. Um, you know, Case, Case used to always have a line and Yeski and it was, you know, you win. You win the weekends, you're in the postseason. You win the midweeks, and you're hosting in the postseason. Like that's that's the difference. Um, the really really good teams can show up on Tuesday and Wednesday, and still find a way to get the job done. And uh, for a lot of it, it was you know still that it's the same shit, different day. Um, and you knew if you were one of those guys that came in on the weekends every once in a while, you probably are gonna um, get get a get a spot on that Tuesday and be able to go again Sunday or Saturday. Uh, but it was also big for those guys that maybe weren't getting a lot of innings on the weekend. Like, hey, this is your opportunity. Um, like like it was for me, and, that, and it's kind of how that's your that's your spring into being a guy that they can call on um, and. Try Trust on the weekend is getting getting it done in those midweeks. It's kind of like a tryout of sorts. Yeah, essentially. But you know, you're still facing what's what's great about midweeks is you're facing generally the same lineup that face that plays on the weekends. Right. The hitters don't the hitters don't change. It's just usually the pitchers that don't see 
a lot of innings. And so that's, that's when you really start to see the the quality of a ball club is, damn, they're running out these guys on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and they're pretty freaking good. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's just, I mean, you win the midweeks, you're going to host, you're going to host a regional, you're going to host a super. I think without even like intending this, I think that kind of goes into one of our, our next questions where you mentioned making the leap from, you know, pitching once every fifth day or sixth day, as opposed to every, every seventh day, like in college. Um, not that you started every game in Omaha, but also you got you got four wins in twelve days in Omaha. I'm not sure if those stats have ever been far from your mind, Kevin. But just as a reminder, <laughs> you got four wins in twelve days in Omaha. Um, so like the, that midweek stuff, just because once Omaha happens, it's and I, I want to sort of take it back to like the 2018 College World Series specifically here. The schedule, it, it's not like it completely changes from what it's like the regular season is, but it seems like the cadence is a little bit different and it's like more intense. And with those eight teams, it is, uh, it, it's, it's pretty fiery and there's a lot of games happening and a lot of really good teams need to get a lot of games in in a very short amount of time. So for you being a, a midweek pitcher and a weekend pitcher during that, that freshman year, was this, did you sort of like kind of, I know the whole schedule wasn't determined at the beginning of the tournament, but was it, was it just kind of like, oh, this is what I've been doing all season. Uh, and like that kind of, kind of helped you during that week, even though you were playing the best that college baseball had to offer. Um, I'll, I'll start with, I've never heard the four wins in 12 days, by the way. I, I didn't, it, it felt like it was a month. We, we confirmed before the show, four wins in 12 days. <laughs> you were four and one going into Omaha and four and oh in Omaha. So just it, that it felt like we were there for a month. <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing that helped me was coming out of the bullpen early on in the season and then getting a few starts at the end of the season. I think that's what really set me up for success. Um, because I, you know, going into that postseason, actually the series before when we played UCLA, um, yes, he sat me down. I was like, you're kind of that in-between guy. If we can win a series and that means you pitch innings seven and eight on a Saturday to punch us through, we're going to do that. If that means, you know, we're going into Sunday tied one-to-one, we were going to you if you haven't pitched yet, like that sort of thing. So uh, I knew that going into the postseason that it was um, – I could be a bullpen guy. I needed to be ready on on every single day, and I I, I think that helped me too, just being locked in all the time. Um, but when you when you kind of get into that that time of the year, it, it's you know you you listen to your body. If you're feeling good, you're feeling good. If you're not, you're not. And um, I felt good, felt really good. So <laughs> kept, we saw kept telling Case, yeah. kept telling Case yeah. put me on that it, lineup, Arnie. It showed. you you looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it looked <laughs> okay, Kevin. <laughs> Um, that's good uh jp or ben do you have anything else before i get into my uh very whimsical jack yeah, morris comparison i got i got a uh, just a quick question because like kevin you had a pretty unique collegiate experience obviously throughout your four years you had three head coaches and you had a COVID year and you had a recovery year What's like, what was your takeaway of your time in Corvallis? Like, what do you remember about it most? Really Corvallis itself. I mean, just, I love that. If I could live, if I could live in Corvallis and, you know, my fiance could work remote and all that stuff, I would in a heartbeat. I love that place. Uh, anytime I even have a slight chance to go back, I will. And that place will forever have my heart. Uh, other than that, I think it's just the the great people that Oregon State has, not just in baseball. I think 
every staff member I worked with from trainers to, you know, Hallie, uh, who's uh, working in the athletes cafeteria, just everyone had a smile on their face. Everyone had a great attitude, just very, very, very nice people. And it made you a better person uh, being around those people. So Totally. Uh, I think that's that's what I'll take with me for the rest of my time, for sure. That's awesome. Maybe we could all get a house in uh, maybe four bedrooms or so, because uh, we've always all talked about what, one day moving back to Corvallis. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right behind local boys. If that was you know a popular uh, <laughs> yeah. Kevin. once a week for sure. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, other than local boys, what's one one food spot you miss about Corvallis? This is, this is something we have to we ask all of our all of the guests. Okay, this is really weird, and I, I'll give you two answers. But we first went off the beaten path be... a lot, so it might be it might be <laughs> something right. that we yeah. <laughs> the Chipotle in Corvallis is better than any Chipotle on earth. I'm That's a great you. take. That is a yeah. phenomenal <laughs> take. Because Chipotle, the variance of Chipotles is remarkable from location huge. to location. Yeah. I, I don't understand it, but all of my buddy, every single player that has had that Chipotle and gone somewhere else and had Chipotle, they're like, it just, it's not the same. So right. shout out, shout out to them for, for doing what they do. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. Um, I but, haven't heard that uh, about it before, but that, that makes that tracks that definitely elite. Tracks. It is elite. Um, <laughs> I'd say the, the next place I ate at the most and got me through some early mornings or rough mornings, uh, would be Rebus. <laughs> Yeah, oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, I, Riva's. We've got at, a shirt dedicated to that spot for a reason. <laughs> yeah. Five five thirty in the morning, sun's not up yet. Running through the Riva's drive-through oh, before man. you get on the bus to head up to Portland. Just it's all you need. You you eat that and you fall asleep on the bus and wake up when you pull into the airport. Right. The, the three of us didn't see many five thirty a.m.s in Corvallis. That was that was sleep in between. I, I, th- I yeah. think we had different schedules. A little bit, Kevin, but uh, but Thursdays yeah. were the worst. Yeah, <laughs> oh, I, I bet, I bet. Um, well, did, I want to take it back to um, the 2018 uh, College World Series, um, just real quick. We were talking a little bit about snow earlier, maybe before we started recording. Uh, I'm a Minneapolis kid. I'm back in Minneapolis now, Kevin. We got two feet of snow last week. It doesn't feel like baseball season right now, even though I'm trying <laughs> to. I'm trying to get myself into baseball mode right now, but there, my balcony is about to collapse because of how much snow is <laughs> in it. But grow, growing up here, I grew up with bedtime stories of Jack Morris in the 1991 World Series. Uh, I was alive, but barely. I don't remember it. But uh, Morris pitched a 10 inning complete game shutout to beat the Braves in Game Seven. Uh, it's the last time a men's professional sports team in Minnesota won a championship. So walk anywhere in Minneapolis for like six minutes and a local will remind you about it and how, <laughs> and how it's, you know, like anywhere, like everywhere in baseball, like someone will talk about like, like Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers, Giants, whatever, as like the best, like call or uh, professional world series uh, performances ever uh, here, here, here it's Jack in, in 1991, but what Jack Morris didn't do um was also pitching inning in relief in game six of that series get the win in that game and then pitch a complete game shutout the next day to win a champion to win the championship like you did in 2018 and so to me that's still the greatest uh pitching performance i've seen college professional (laughs) anywhere so one that this is just a sort of continue to fawn over you a little bit more and thank you for being on the pod but also just sort of like take us back to like game two, which was the wildest game in college world series. <laughs> yeah. 
after that game, did you go up to Coach Casey and just be like, yeah, like, I've got nine more of these tomorrow? <laughs> and, like, was there a strategy or pitch count going into game three? Like, it, when you just look at it on paper, I'm looking at the, you know, the Wikipedia, like, box stars and everything now. It's just like, yeah, Kevin Abel got the win in game two and then pitched nine to get the win in game three. It's like, this needs to be written in all caps to actually explain what happened. What the hell? Like, um, like what were those like 24, 36 hours like of those two games? I just have to ask. Well, going into game two was really hoping we just kick the shit out of them and I would just go game three. Um, but I mean, by the fifth inning, I knew this was going to be a close game and I was I was ready to go. Because um, like like I said, you know, having that talk with Yeski, it was if we need you in a leverage situation, we're going to use you and figure it out after that. Right. Um, yeah, so got it done. Got got the eighth inning done. During that time, after I struck out the side and was sitting in the dugout, and Trevor Lawrence, or sorry, Caden Granier proceeded to hit a foul ball. Never in my mind did it cross that our season was on the line there. From my point of view, that ball went 15 rows deep. Really? Okay. I, the, the angle, it looked like it came off his bat. I was like, oh, foul ball, big whoop. All of a sudden, 30,000 people go, oh. I was like, <laughs> what happened? And someone turns around like, they dropped it. I was like, they dropped it? You mean that thing was in play? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Um, so big roller coaster of emotions there. Um, obviously the, the miracle happens, you know, Trevor Larnick did Trevor Larnick things. Ken Grenier did Ken Grenier things. Um, fun fact about that game. I don't know. You guys may know about, I think everyone on the roster played that game except one person. Oh, I didn't uh, know that. Yeah. No, I did not know uh, that. <laughs> but it makes sense. Troy, Troy Clonch came in, uh, Zach Clayton ran. Um, I mean, the, there was a cycle between Preston Jones, Jack Anderson, uh, um, Kyle Novak out there. Stephen Kwan came in, I think, for a little bit. Got a, did uh, yeah. swung. So Kwan for sure was the first one who almost tackled Larnack before he even touched home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there, those guys are best buddies, yeah. and Kwan's a phenomenal human being. So I'm not surprised. Right. He he had like a you know hit by pitch, stolen base, and a tackle for loss on his own team. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so that that night, got back to the hotel, and um, or was it? I think it might have been the following morning. You know, Yeski sends me a text and um, and said, "Hey, come over to my come over to my room. I want to talk with you a little bit about today." And just said that I was going to start, and whatever I had is what I had. We um, later I found out that um, I think Nick and. Nick and someone else went to case that night and said, Hey, we want, we want Kevin to start and we don't care how long it is. If he can only go two innings or three innings, we just, we want him to set, set the tone, um, which no. is probably the biggest compliment I think I've ever gotten in my playing career. Having those guys want me to, to throw in that game. Um, so, I just got chills. <laughs> no, <it's amazing>. yeah, <laughs> it was, I did when Yeski first said that to me. Um, it was, I mean, uh, yeah, just the biggest, the biggest uh, kudos from them to to do that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, my in my head, I was going to go five innings. That was there was no there was no talk of pitch count or, or an inning limit. But I, in my head, it was I'm going to go five innings and then hand this thing off, and we're going to get it done. Because um, that's all. I mean, that's what your job is as a starter: is go five innings, get it to the bullpen, and figure it out from there. Um, but after that third inning, after after that, it was pretty smooth sailing, and I I I knew in the back of my head there was never a conversation uh, between me and, and Case, but I knew there was one between Case and Yeski that if a runner got on base, I was not. Uh, as soon as that happened, uh, it was over. I, I found that out wow. later as well. But Case, <laughs> Case and Yeski just kept coming up to me and saying like, "Hey, how you doing? How you feeling?" I'm, I'm good. 
uh, things are looking good. And um, but yeah, no one got on base. So I guess I got to stay out there. And, um, fifth, I think it was about the fifth inning. You know, Yeski came over to me and said, you know what? You, like, hey, you've done your job. So everything from here on out is a bonus. And I said, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go give you everything I have left. Um, and I think uh, my my fastball velo actually was higher. It averaged higher the last four innings than it did the first five. I remember that. Because um, it was, I mean, it, and it wasn't adrenaline. It wasn't any of that. It was just uh, empty the tank, man. It's the last game of the season. Why the hell not? And <laughs> worked out pretty well that anyone gets on base and you're done strategy is is wild i think it's probably good that they didn't tell you that beforehand but <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. that is a very good thing oh man well that's incredible um but yeah you did become the first pitcher uh looking at college uh baseball reference right now uh to win four games in the college world series and um well, uh, I'm, I'm glad they didn't take you out after the first hit in that two hit shutout <laughs> um, to, to sort of pre- preserve that. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Casey came to his senses <laughs> and, and, and left you and left you in the game. Um, but yeah, th- thank you. So thank you one for that. Yeah, it, it was an in- incredible yes. performance. And, and also thank you for your performance on this podcast. Um, definitely, definitely fun reliving that, that with you. <laughs> yeah, thank you guys. It's, it's so cool to see what you guys do. And, um, you know, you guys have really made a name for yourselves in the last year, year and a half or so. Um, and that's, that's scary to think about, but, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's cool to see what you guys are doing with, with athletes and stuff. Uh, Maddie Dagan, I'm actually pretty good friends with her. Like her, uh, she's dating Joey month. I'm pretty sure you guys know that. Yeah. Um, so I, like I got to know her and her sister and it's, it's just cool to see see people getting the getting the spotlight like that. It's it's just really really cool to see. And um, you guys, all you guys do is boost Oregon State, no matter what the sport is. Um, and it it, it it you know it makes us players really really proud. Um, that is the one thing that Oregon State has, no matter what. It is support from the West Coast to the East Coast. People will show up in orange and black. And um, I I want to thank you guys on behalf of all of the Oregon State athletics. So thanks, Kevin. Thanks, man. That means a lot. Yeah. It does. For sure. Thank I do want so a hat though. You guys are sold out. I want a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get I'll get you a hat. For sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I think we can make that happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll pay for it. I just right. you guys need to not be sold out anymore. That's right. Which wait, which which hat are you talking about? It's the script uh, one, I think it's the sold out one. Uh, the um yeah. the the uh beeves, but it says belligerent beeves yeah, yeah. script. Yeah, yeah, that, that one. Wait, we're sold out of that? Yeah, when well, I looked last night on the website, it's sold out. It's, suppo- it's sold out, but it's also uh, hasn't been it's, released. It's so it's so, it's we'll sold get you out. Pre-release, <laughs> sold out, coming soon, pre-ordered, <laughs> yet to be released. Yeah. Uh, banned books, banned hats. Uh, yeah, it's <laughs> it's on every list imaginable. Yeah. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll 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 get it to you. Kid. You'll oh. get the first. We'll get we'll get the we'll get you the first one. Really? Yeah, we'll get the first one. Appreciate you guys. Yeah, as a special thank you, Kevin. Thank you so much for taking the time uh best of luck in in spring training uh we can't wait to see uh, what you do this season and uh, to follow you every step of the way uh kevin abel everybody jp add the applause and the lasers <laughs> and the horns and everything in in post that's the 2018 college world series mvp uh four wins in 12 days for gosh sakes everybody <laughs> thank you guys hey not the mvp that was rush that was rush sorry my bad all tournament team for sure
MVP in our hearts. MVP in our hearts. There you go. Right here. Right here. <laughs> MVP of this episode for sure. The competition's <laughs> way, way worse. But <laughs> thank you guys. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. Hey, hey, don't be a stranger too. Come on again. Yeah, well, for sure, I invite you to be on again. So any, yeah. anytime. 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 Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much, cool. Kevin. Thanks again, Kevin. All right. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks. You too. Uh, so a so, uh, uh, common theme with guests of the Belligerent Beefs podcast, Kevin Abel is cool as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that was cool. Uh, hearing him relive that uh, 2018 run that they had in Omaha. I mean, as a fan, that was unbelievable to watch. I can't imagine. Uh, well, I can now what it was like to be in the dugout. But, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. To that. You got yeah. inside scoops. <laughs> Yeah, that was really cool. That's how you get them. Thanks, Scoops, for sure. Okay. (laughs) Thank you again to Kevin Abel for joining the Belligerent Beeves podcast. And thank you, dear listener, for being with us on episode 85 of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. Remember, your listenership is very much appreciated, but it's even more appreciated if you give a five-star review on Apple or Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, our, our hosting service now lets us know how many people are following on Spotify. So if you listen on Spotify, but you don't technically follow, please click that follow button yeah, on Spotify please. so that we can stroke <laughs> our very fragile, non-existent egos a little bit. And also share the show with friends, please. Uh, think of a friend right now who you who you know loves the Beavers and just send, send them a link to this episode. Why not? Be like, hey, these are three delightful idiots who loves the Beavers. You're a delightful idiot who also loves the Beavers. I think you'll get along greatly. And uh, I agree. Uh, hello, new best friend. It's great to have you here. I'm Terry. <laughs> uh, and you can follow me at Terry Horseman on Twitter and at Terrence Horseman on instagram i you i've finished uh season two of bridgerton so i'm just like really re- really on my royal shit right now uh, <laughs> it, it took like two years to get through two seasons of that show I'm, I'm excited for season three to to come up um but you know we'll we'll get to that when we get to get to it uh watching um it was us the last of us mm. it was something probably have you watched last of us or not watching The Last of Us, but playing The what Last of God Us. What if God was one of us? What if listening to What If oh, God was one of us? Song. Please play five seconds of What no! If God was one of it's us. It's the baby. outro. I can't do it now. Uh, oh, shit. You can't do it. Flob like uh, one please, of us. Please play uh, five seconds of What If God was one of us after the outro concludes. Um, <laughs> that That's easy editing. Don't give me that shit. Uh, also here in Tacoma, Washington, Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. He's at Benny L1986 on every social media channel that has ever existed. Look up at Benny L1986 on anything and you will fucking find him he's benny with the good quaff benny bowl game benny burner benny bedlam benny blast off that's all i can remember right now <laughs> not bad but thanks for being on the show benny love you great to see you and of course the man on the ones and twos our production extraordinaire the the coal to our fire uh the monster energy drink to our uh, 19-year-olds on a road trip, uh, <laughs> J.P. Bertram in NEP, baby. He's at J.P. Bertram on Instagram and at the Treal J on Twitter. That's at the underscore Treal underscore J because he's too Treal to be real. Shouts to you, J.P. and the listener. Thank you so much again 
for being here. We see you. We love you. We're so happy that you're rocking with us for 85 episodes of this goddamn show. This goddamn beautiful show. I love it. I'm so happy that we get to do this. And we'll be here for 85,000 more of these. You can take that. <laughs> Thank you again to Kevin Abel for being here. Shout out to you. Congratulations on getting engaged. Yes. The 2018 College World Series of Fiancés. Am I right? rate review subscribe everything and before you do all that always remember you can't spell chop them without hope chop them chop them chop them bring back bernice scott and cut